This is episode 39 of Corporate Lunch. There's We have a little thing in the uh, magazine called Labels on Fire. Yeah. And it's, it's steamy in the podcast studio. It's right one of now. the most it's, it's steamy in the content tower. One of the most prestigious, <laughs> prestigious fashion awards you can get is a label on fire badge from GQ Style. That's true. It actually is among the most prestigious fashion awards you can get. I, in yeah, my opinion. Evan Canori is here. Yep. Kevin uh, from San Francisco. Kevin Canoli. Uh, Evan Canori is here from San Francisco, California. Evan, what's up, man? How's it going? How's it going? So good. Noah, how are you? Welcome to the tower. I'm great. SHP, how do you feel, dude? Thumbs up. Sam's wearing online ceramics. Obviously. Really good t shirt. That is a good tee. Hand back pulled. It? I back it. You listen to The Dead? I was raised on it. You were? I think I might have more roots than anybody in this room with The Dead. Wow. Wow. Evan you looked know, right oh at me God, and then issued right that statement. Kevin, hot. <laughs> that was crazy. So let's, <laughs> no, since that's on the table, let's get into it. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to leave. <laughs> you don't need to leave, dude. Stay right here. I thought you were just getting into him now. I, I, yeah. Do you I want am. some help? I can help. I'm, you. I, I would love the help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's any competitiveness uh, about roots in the dead, it's a tie between Sam and Noah for last. Definitely. <laughs> so that leaves me and you to go head to head here. So, um, your claim to deepest roots in the dead, what's it founded in? Uh, the fact that my mom, at the age of probably 15, was taking the train from Connecticut to New York to take acid and go see the Grateful Dead like 10 nights in a row. Okay, so your mom has deep roots in the uh-huh. dead. Let's <laughs> talk about you. All right. So, Shout out to Evan's mom. So, so I got to have a picture on my phone I can show you uh, after, but it's me at the age of four, curly blonde hair, small nose, uh, with a Grateful Dead t-shirt on. I thought you were going to say at a show. Have you been to any? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, just at a show. In the spinner section? On acid. <laughs> just in the spinner section, just like toddling. Uh, TKO'd, yeah. Um, no, but that's like I was listening. I heard it very early, very at early. four. Yeah, it was like normalized to me. It wasn't like a thing. It was Sam, like, can you ring some kind of bell, like a like a fight bell? <laughs> All right, you win. Oh, that was it. Yeah, TKO. Yeah, I've I first encountered the dead in a TKO. Yeah, technical knockout. Maybe a knockout. I first encountered the dead in a way that I actually remember at age twelve. Um, no, thirteen. 13 seventh grade 13 i was at my friend ben's house his dad was a deep major deadhead yeah so it wasn't that it wasn't playing at home for you will mom and dad were not playing the grateful dead well i circled back to get into it probably around the same age like 13 but the thing was that i had certain so between four and 13 what were you into if there's there's photographic (laughs) evidence on celluloid of you at age four wearing a grateful dead shirt you win don't try to give your tko away all right i was just gonna point out the interesting tidbit is that that? that by when i got into it later i had like the echoes of Bullshit. You still like have childhood, the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Childhood memories. And you still stuff. have the T-shirt. I save all the T's. My bins are. You like, don't have the four-year-old dead T though. Whenever do you? I hear you guys talk about bins, I'm like, damn, I got bins. I, got bins. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get rid of the bins. Wait, I, I want to auction mm. off the bins without opening. them. I see what you mean when we, when you talk about us like getting rid of the bins. Well, you just even the fact that you have the bins and the bins for me is definitely a t-shirt. We're brothers in bins. T-shirt zone. T-shirt bins specifically. Yeah, me too. It's a big thing. It's a problem. You low key have done a semi Grateful Dead collab with <laughs> was, with the homie jeremy dean i wouldn't say semi-loki i'd say it was pe- like that was a, a lot subterranean of <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't know that one you, dude one dude got f- one though shout out to uh i think his name was chris you on sold the pod one friend of the pod he probably would be yeah, yeah. yeah. chris's friend wait but 
let's not be too obtuse here. What are you guys talking about? Evan did a field shirt with Jeremy Dean, the Dean's Nuts. Um, uh, help me. Graphic designer. He works for House Industries he famously. Does, uh, but he did the Black a, does Flag a, Dead yeah. guy. Grateful Dead Black Flag mashup. Yeah. Why can't I think of before before that was such a big thing? I think he was pretty early on. He did that. a field shirt. Yeah, he with, was early on. He on did that. a field shirt with so Jeremy. He's Jeremy's a friend of the pod. He listens to the pod. Oh, I think. Sure. Shout out Jeremy. Dean. Shout out you, Jeremy. You your field the, shirt's coming. <laughs> did, he did didn't the, even get one. It's coming. <laughs> you did the. We can discover the wonders of Black Flag. He's not the custom one. He needs extra long, like Will. Um, yeah. We did it. We did it. Jeremy but Dean I, does need some extra length. Being uh, that I'm too much of a problem child i wanted to hand embroider it and not have it screen printed <laughs> I, I thought that, yeah. that's really like the merch like like you know the, set, the like lot 70s deal. you know yeah. parking lot hand embroider would have been pretty sick and so, so you did how many of them um it was a very small run there's a few we don't need to get it was a short walk this is coming, run. coming from a dude who literally hand numbers small every runs. piece he makes if yeah. he says it's a small <laughs> run yeah yeah that's minuscule coming from a specializer in small i runs. saw one in your studio though there's one hanging in there right yeah so there's i've seen one He's all right so i first discovered uh, me and noah should go head to head on Evan Canori. Okay. That one I can win. Yeah, right. I I will get TK. I yes. yes. I was actually thinking about Boom. it. Leading Sam, drop a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Leading up to today, I was like, I was just like thinking about like when I first heard the name Evan Canori, and I was like, it was definitely when I started at GQ Style. It was one of the True. brands that I did not know about and learned about when I got here. And you started at GQ Style before we printed a GQ Style. That's true. It didn't really. <laughs> it wasn't really a thing. When I started at, anyway. Uh, I was at RTH. Big shout out. Big family of the pod. Not even God of the pod. God of the pod, <laughs> yeah, Renee Holguin. Thank you for that. We're going to run leader. with that. Yeah. It's a very rare club, Gods of the Pod, but Renee Holguin is definitely <laughs> one. one of them. One club member. And so I was in RTH and I had a very strange experience, which was I picked up a pair of pants and they had somebody else's name in them. And that name was Evan Canori. And I put them on and I copped. Because they were, yeah. The length was. Oh, they're a little young. They're a little <laughs> short, which I like. I'm big. Yeah, uh, I'll say no, that you, for later. But you would got to show the ankles. At you least. would approve of the length of them. Okay. I have a tough time. Okay. So, um, and then I was like, Renee, what is the deal uh, with this dude Evan Canori in these awesome pants? And he kind of broke it down for me. And was then, it the only other like non RTH label in the shop at the time, or that I've ever of, seen? One of a you know, those, clothing, like, clothing wise, yeah, clothing wise, yeah. There's collaborative ceramics and yeah. and some grooming products and odds and ends, but clothing wise, yeah. I think you've since been kicked out of there, right? What? <laughs> no, that's, that's for life. Is there? I'm not saying that you, you and Renee aren't like homies and friends and family, know. but did does he still sell Evan Canori in yeah. the shop? Yeah. He's probably sold out. I last think he's time hiding it in the back, man. I haven't <laughs> seen it. No, he like, anyway, it gets sprinkled in the mix. It's like layered under a vest with some some zhuzh, you know. I don't want to start no problems, but <laughs> you better anyway. check your accounts. <laughs> I'm in there, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, then where did we go from there? Maybe an email relationship was formed. I was actually trying to think about this the other day. I thought maybe Sam. And then I came to see you. I thought big up Sam Samuel Hine. SHP. Esquire. Yeah. Uh, told me or emailed me about you coming. Yeah. Maybe you had emailed me first, but then you guys came to like one of my second time I showed clothing in New York City. Ah, oh, that's right. That's the Airbnb. Right. That's where we Soho. met. I met all three so, at once. It was, was actually sick. pretty intense for a little guy. <laughs> you, you met. That's right. So. 
That I was thinking we first met in San Francisco, but that's not true. No. We came to one of your, what do you call it? Showroom. Uh, showroom, showroom appointment. It yeah. was during market week here, and you were in that joint with the fake Donald Judd furniture, right? Yeah. All that plywood they got, furniture. They got that plywood day bed. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that spot was sick. So we walked into a place in the East Village? Uh, Chinatown. 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 Yeah, Chinatown. And Evan was set up, and you had Airbnb'd a place, right? We followed so the, the Palo Santo I wafting I sleep downtown. Where the, I sleep where the clothes is. Yeah. But you had really um, you had really made it your own in impressive fashion. Like, it it was dope because, it, I don't know, you were set up there for a few days, but it really felt like we were getting the Evan Canori experience. Yeah. Thanks. There was some chore coats. No, you don't call them chore coats. <laughs> Fuck. Field Sam, jackets. delete that. Whoa. Evan's going to get I got, so I gotta go. Sam specific that. about I know. It's tough. <laughs> terms. I actually just realized as I was saying that how many <laughs> how many mind, how minefield-y It's good, though, because Evan gets is. so crazy about the terminology. No, 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 no. No, all right, here's the first thing. Not so crazy. Evan's just very specific, as yeah. he should be as a designer. Yeah, that's true. All right. That's why we like him. There were field jackets. There was, yeah, there was a whole bunch of stuff. Tops and bottoms is what Tops, I said. That's really safe. <laughs> that's super safe. Evan, what was there? What were the? These were the first were pieces there, you made, they, right? This was for no. Well, it was for spring, uh, two thousand. I was showing spring two thousand seventeen, so that means we were there in when fall two thousand sixteen. Oh yeah, no, we were in summer of the earlier sixteen. Yeah, summer sixteen. We were there all summer sixteen. So long ago. Yes. Uh, so I had some good I had linen, some black linen. I had a great ECAT field shirt. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Red ECAT from Guatemala, handwoven. It's pretty nice. Some field jackets. Maybe, did you have two pant silhouettes at that point? No. Just the- One pant. Just one pant. Which one? Four pocket. Just the four pocket. I'm a, Sorry I'm a, the classics. I'm an ardent supporter of the Evan Canori four pocket pant. Yeah. That's a will. It's a will pant. Yeah. I don't mess with it. <laughs> I like the pleated pant. Yeah, you do What's like the called? pleated pants. It's pant. getting a little wider though. You might be down. Yeah, soon. it's right. called the pleated pant, right? There's a there's a single pleat pant. Yep. Because the in like. the future there might be a double pleat. Watch <laughs> out! <laughs> expansion. <laughs> so there's a single pleat, yeah. four pocket, and then. I mean, I joke about expansion, but I think one of the things that we here at GQ Style and myself personally have really enjoyed about the Evan Canori experience is you're very specific about your fabrics and your silhouettes, but each season there's like pushing the edges out a little bit and yeah. bringing new things in and um i would say defying expectations my own expectations like i'm like i think i understand the world and then something comes that like changes right. changes the boundaries of the world that you're creating and um uh it's cool because it's like steady as fucking evan Kenori goes man you know thank you one thing that i feel like is part of that story is is one thing that makes you unique and I want you to say it in your words but you don't really work the way a lot of young designers work probably not train differently train differently and your focus is on pattern making yeah I'd say I'm uh, more of a product person uh, and I definitely I went to school for pattern making I focused really a lot on pattern making and sewing samples and I actually just liked sewing clothes for myself and that's the root of the whole thing can you explain uh why it's what pattern making is and what is different about that versus like what other young designers may do yeah um so i think that there's probably if you want to put in extremes there's like the approach of like finding stuff you like that already exists and just tweaking from that so you can either bring people you can bring to a pattern maker like vintage clothes or 
a different designer and you want to tweak this or whatever and i'm not there's no wrong way to get to the happy place but yeah for me i just i really liked pattern making and i think that as far as making a product it's like so it's it's cutting paper patterns drawing yeah. and cutting paper patterns um you make blocks which you can have a pant block you can have a pleated pant block you can have a that's the like block. foundation and of so your that's, silhouette that's the foundation and basically it's measure i mean it's like a architectural blueprint or it's almost like also like a die cut like it's a you know it's it's uh, the shape of that piece that you then cut out so yeah. a shirt might have like a front piece which is front left front right and then a back panel might have a yoke sleeves right so. because i mean to get really uh fundamental about it fabric is flat for sure so <laughs> all the pieces of clothes your clothes which are not flat right start out flat yes. and then they have to be pattern three-dimensional pattern is cut for all the different flat pieces and then they're brought together to become 3d right. 2d so, into 3d so i think one of the huge uh things that i found from making patterns and then wearing the clothes after being a long time consumer of clothes and not ever making them myself was that uh the dna of the person who has the idea for the clothing like actually work on the patterns and recognizing shapes because it's very like intuitive there's not like a perfect sleeve cap shape or something but like you use your intuition so it really ends up like defining your voice i think which is really yeah. a cool thing if you can make your patterns and spell your samples you're totally like from idea to uh, uh, a thing that fits on somebody it's like you, all your dna uh, other than a actually fabricating textiles which you do not do you bring you can yourself make Evan Canori clothing start to finish. For sure. Anything you saw in so, the showroom was sewn by me up until maybe now half and half. And to, to be clear, most designers, whether they're established or they're just starting out, employ a pattern maker. Evan is himself a pattern maker. Right. Right. That's correct. Yes. And first sample sewer. Yeah. First sample sewer. And so what you're saying- at, He made the one that they're all based on. What you're saying, right. And what you're saying is that in being able to do that, you're actually in complete control of the piece in a way that you wouldn't be if you weren't actually making the pattern. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, there might be a pattern maker that makes stuff for a bunch of different companies, and he yeah. has a certain style as a pattern maker, and right. there's shapes that he recognizes that he likes for a sleeve cap or a collar or a yeah. neck or whatever. And so, inevitably, you know, it's it's there's going to be a little bit more uniformity or it's going to be a more, like, uh, regular occurring thing where mine is, like, just based off just of my shapes. Yeah, and so most designers are then negotiating with that guy to try to get him where they want him. Right, which Should, is a lot of If they even know forth. enough to know exactly, exactly, exactly what they want. So if you don't have which, the language and then you're waiting on somebody else to do it, then it's like really hard to explain what you feel like is wrong about yeah. it. For you, I mean, the thing I was kind of saying that, that I like about what you do is every season when we come see you, you've added um, new both new fabrics. So, you know, there's... There's a linen and it's black with a black window up pane linen. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's pretty good. Fuck, <laughs> yes! Oh! Not my wheelhouse fabrics. Um, that's not so true. So not only not only are there new fabrics which include <laughs> pattern and color and texture and material, but there are also new silhouettes. So without revealing anything you don't want to reveal, like how far ahead are you tinkering with with potential new silhouettes? Uh, I'm a one-man show, so I usually get to tinker about as far out as getting lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what what about the in-your-head tinkering? Yeah, yeah, I mean, so far, it's really, it started as just making clothes for myself. That was it. That yeah. was, like, all I wanted to do. And then I was like, I'll figure out how to go be a designer somewhere or something. And then yeah. 
people started asking to buy the clothes that I was wearing. And like I was sewing them in a little workshop, um, whatever. People started buying stuff custom or just like pieces that I already designed and then I'd tailor them a little bit. So that the roots of starting my whatever a brand is that it was just stuff I was making for myself. That's why I actually felt more comfortable with my name on it. I was like, it's my clothes. Yeah. Uh, and then buy so, and for buy and for, for me buy me for for me for me for Evan buy Evan uh, for, for me but me my, uh, so that's what you should have called your brand, dude. But, that's that really rolls <laughs> off the tongue. But the the, <laughs> the, the, the so there's a, like a natural evolution that instead of like okay, I worked. 10 20 years at a bunch of companies or one company and like settle at a place like this is going to be the direction this is the product this is the customer this is the market all that stuff i didn't have any of that yeah. i was just like i love these pants yeah they fit me how i wanted and then i just kept doing that and so naturally i had like a evolution that happened i think not only my taste like any human will i mean i think i just get into more stuff and also i didn't come from a place of like so much awareness about fashion i didn't know so many designers and stuff and so i was really teaching myself along the way so i think i have like a a cluelessness that allows me freedom and then b i just like i like the really really simple stuff because i like that's where i wanted to be and then slowly a little bit of spice is more fun too yeah and uh last time i came to uh your showroom when you were set up in paris you told me a little bit about going to the to the textile shows, the fabric shows. Shout out to Will for a great trip. <laughs> <laughs> we get a, we got a hang in. Last time we hung in Paris. There was some psychedelic <laughs> tea. I mean, not like psychoactive, but just some really trippy I mean, teas. Yeah, there was and, some teas. Um, there was like a little bit of a small party. At day the end. after and a the mellow party that Will <laughs> threw in Paris. I actually have so much fun going to see Evan in Paris that we it was a two um, it was a two part hang. Yeah. I had to leave for another appointment and then come back oh, yeah. to continue. Was Yanyan in there? Or were you oh, yeah. Yanyan was upstairs. He, yeah. he got the full. He came into the tribal tribal warrior station. Yeah, for sure. They <laughs> he, were got, tea, he got me. The teas were like changing colors yeah. as I drank them. It's the best. Any fashion editor who does this circuit and doesn't find their way to, to Evan's universe at some point in Paris is great at their job and could <laughs> should continue to do it the way <laughs> they're doing it we're it. perfectly happy to keep we, this we have lane. a very nice place thank you uh, to Yan Yan Pietro shout out for letting me be part of the family it's a beautiful gallery and uh, but yeah I gave Will some tea I was like this is blue tea he was like it looks like yellow tea and then I put some drops in it and he was like that's fucked up he was, I was like, that looks like yellow tea. And he was like, just wait. We did say, when you came on, you, when you came here, uh, when we were talking about it, you were like asking me about chemistry on the show. <laughs> no, is this was, the chemistry the, part of the show? That was yesterday. It sounds like chemistry. Uh, there's incense, there's tea, yeah. there's a vibe, there's a hang, yeah. there's discussion. There's garms. There's thinking about life, there's talking about life. It all happens yeah. We don't, by we, don't, Evan's we, we don't like to stick to just clothing there. We like to no. we like to look at the great beyond. Yes. But you do you mentioned fabrics. Every Evan Canary fabric has a pretty elaborate story behind it. So For tell sure. tell us <laughs> tell us a little tell us a little about It's actually crazy. It's never like uh, it's cotton, bro. Yeah. <laughs> when is it just gonna be like uh, dude it's I don't wool. know, I bought a bunch there's of wool. A, there's, there's tell, a, but tell us a little bit about the fabric shows and for what they are and what role they play in wow. your in your I want to get a, a hit put out on me based on Premiere. It's sort of They're secretive, gonna... you mean? No, no, no. Um, it's dude, you gotta die for this pod, man. It's worth <laughs> it. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> um, I mean, so for me, I think there's just a lot of stuff out there. There's a, definitely a lot more clothes being made than probably need to be worn by most of humanity. So it's important to, if you're gonna do it, the best you can do is try to bring joy to people through product and try to like do your best to make something really thoughtful and that has an impact. Um, 
so and to me it's like fabric for menswear menswear hasn't changed that much in like 200 years it's pretty much like oh your lapel's a little slimmer or your collar is pointed or whatever so fabric is a lot of the story i mean textiles and and perception of textile is a huge thing it's like really one of the best ways to like mess with people uh, psychologically is like you make the same piece and you make it in denim and they're like oh workwear brand cool and then you make it in like black silk and like whoa fashiony dude <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but but really you made the same piece yeah it you're didn't like, dude, change yeah. just take a deep breath that was literally an impression change. of me i said yeah, both that's of actually those. noah those are di- <laughs> i said both of those, those are direct quotes from noah actually i have them saved on my voicemail yeah. um fashion and uh yeah so there's there's textile shows that you can go to as a, as a designer or as a fashion student and they're it's cool i started with not any money or a big budget and so i just used fabrics that were available to me and so i tried to do the best with what i could access living in america living in california you know a lot of it was like dead stock fabric and stuff there's a lot of denim brands there's a lot of work you know more workwear stuff that's being made in california and so it was easy access to getting canvas and good good cotton twills and stuff and then um still looking for stuff with a good story but and then you know a little step by step but eventually making my way to the textile show which is like i told no it's like when you're in probably kindergarten and you like go from having the primary color Crayola yeah. box to being like the one with like the names that you can't really understand yeah. or it's like mountain s- sage spirit and you're like I think that's a Grateful Dead song <laughs> <laughs> and then there's so many crayons that you're like overwhelmed yeah. and yeah. you need to take a deep breath and well, like yeah. you, figure out who you are you and, look for you in the crayon you're yeah. like where am I in these but, crayons but that itself is a learned skill it's intuition yeah and okay. probably some learning but it's you're just like I already know that I'm not doing this for somebody else. But the first time you walk into a fabric show, you must be, it's like a trade show full of just fabric. You must be like, I have no idea. Well, it's not even just, it's like, it's super hilarious. Uh, You can make a great documentary, but it's like, there's cubicles that you have to like be allowed to enter. A lot of them have like a podium right in front. Like the walkway in is two feet wide and the podium is like, a foot and three quarters. Because and are they like, how many skews do you They have? look at you yeah. and like, can I see your business card? Let me see your account. And I, they like walk you through who else has appointments. I'm not going to name any names, but they're big, big boys. Well, to be yeah. clear, it's like everything from Chanel yeah, to Supreme. I have buyers there looking for fabrics for upcoming everybody's seasons. There. So in other words, there, the, there are people selling fabrics <clears> who won't, some of them may or may not even let you look at their stuff. Uh, So there's three days. Uh, There's day one is where a lot of the heavy hitters come through. Day two is... Everybody's still doing some work. Day yeah. three is usually more like students that yeah. come for swatches, and they're either doing fake projects or just learning how the whole thing works. And uh, if they want to throw shade yeah. on you, they will tell you to come back day three. <laughs> Which my, my, first, my first time I went, I got a lot of day threes. You got a lot of work done on day I, three. No, I, and, but the joke is that so I went with Pietro and Yanyan from uh, Solar Shop and from the brand Yanyan Van Esch. And, uh, they really helped because it would have been impenetrable, mm. this entire situation. Yeah. You're in like a hall in like by the airport in Paris and it like espresso is like $20 and there's Damn. like a sandwich with a piece of butter on it. And yeah. Anyways, it could be a pretty strange place. And uh, they helped me a lot, helped point me like which uh, booths I should check out and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really trippy place. It's far <laughs> You have to wade through like billions of of companies. Some of them huge that work with like Men's Warehouse, yeah, and then some that are like okay with tiny guys. Yeah, yeah. Now where this um, where this leads, what what begins at a at a at a fabric show leads to. Um, I recently had some Evan Canori, a little suit kit 
mailed to me. Oh, yeah. Wrapped in twine and and hand-torn paper. It smelled good, you know, despite the the post office's best efforts. EK package is the best. All hands. So I pick it up, and I'm like, oh, I guess he didn't send me. He forgot the clothes. Yeah, I think he forgot the clothes. I think it's just like a nice note (laughs) or something. Sorry, I couldn't make it that long. (laughs) (laughs) And then I open it up, and this uh, suit, which is matching four pocket pant and field jacket no not field jacket pleated, pleated jacket. jacket nailed it yeah is so lightweight yeah. i thought he had forgotten to send it i yeah. thought he just maybe like didn't just seal the envelope without putting anything inside i think america has yet to discover typewriter cloth typewriter cloth is the sickest stuff ever black super dry typewriter cloth super dry super lightweight summer weight um because in Japan, four pocket pen. I mean, it's a thing in Japan. Typewriter cloth. Yeah, it's a big thing. Tell us a little about typewriter cloth. Typewriter cloth, because that shit is amazing. First, the name drew me in. I yeah. Was very, I was like, Why uh, is it called that? I- Ichiro Nakatsu. Shout out Ichiro from uh, Orslo. I was hanging out oh, with him and his. He has a very, very uh, styling office that he built. Uh-huh. Shout out to making some money to build yourself your own building <laughs> in Japan. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Evan spends a lot of time in Japan. <laughs> and he was like. He was helping me out get some fabrics and stuff, and uh, he's always giving me good advice. And I was like, "What's this?" He was like, "Typewriter cloth." <laughs> Typewriter <laughs> cloth. I was like, is, I, I'm picturing like because a, a loom. If anybody's ever seen yeah. a picture of a loom, almost looks like a giant typewriter. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in my mind, it straight away is like a giant typewriter making the fabric. Yeah. Yeah. I know that doesn't make any sense, but I love That's the, okay. I love the, the image of yeah. it. And it just sounds. Uh, you know, Noah might say I'm a little bit on the vintage in the in the old stuff a bit. Yeah. So it just sounds it has a cool sound to it. Anyway, yeah. it's a it's a very high density cotton, tightly woven, but uh, super lightweight. So it's has a lot of interesting properties, kind of like a canvas, but it's super crisp. It doesn't like hug to your body and stuff in hot temperature. It's it's like it. It's so light. It's as though. I can't wear this in New York City. It's going to rip. I'm going to ruin it yeah. the first day I wear it. But very strong. But the truth is it's very strong. It's like papery almost. Yeah. It's actually a funny thing like friends of mine. that Papery um, typewriter cloth. See? Yep. Here's a buzzword. Skateboarding. Friends yep. of mine. Uh, <laughs> Evan's just throwing that out there. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys do the skateboarding segment. <laughs> no, I'm just going to leave. No, 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 no. Go I'm have just... some breakfast. Maybe do some push-ups. <laughs> chin-ups. Sit-ups. That's and the then only, come back. That's the alternative. It's Go either skateboarding or clips. breakfast and sit-ups. Yeah. Uh no, it's just but like I have friends that de- definitely want the homie discount and then they want to skate in those pants and I'm like I'm not, these aren't for skateboarding. And, you but, ha- you've never skated in no, a pair? I mean I have, but I'm not they like blew pushing them as they're not for sure not made. I'm not saying so, I make skateboard clothes, but my friends like because they work really well the pants. So they do. They're good for it. Is typewriter typewriter cloth is up to skating? You can like it's it's hard to find a lightweight fabric for warm weather that you can like fall on your hip on concrete and it doesn't rip open yeah and this will not rip open i mean hopefully depends, depends on, on the <laughs> texture of the concrete I, I, <laughs> yeah uh it depends which i don't know how much you know on. about concrete <laughs> quite a bit yeah you two know a lot about yeah. concrete i know little to nothing thank we, god really? Evan and I have architecture yeah well that i know about oh i actually <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm working on a i'm working on a shoot for later this week and i shout out corbusier sorry Shout out, yeah, the friend of the pod, yeah. <laughs> god of the pod for sure. Um, I was I was on a call with a set designer for a shoot later this week, and we were getting deep into the difference between uh, having sand on set and decomposed gravel. Whoa! Ne- needless to say, where'd you go with the DNG? Baby. Nice. Yeah. 
I knew you were going to choose. So I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot about concrete, but I know some things about decomposed gravel as of yesterday. What is it? I mean, I guess I don't. I'll find out one day. You gotta wait to see the shoot. Oh right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Evan and I have bonded. In late ex- October, you will know. We've bonded extensively over skateboarding. We've gone skateboarding together. Evan <laughs> does not want to talk about skateboarding because he doesn't want we why to be a we skate get, brand. Unless, unless we're going to talk about how hard I whipped Noah. Oh, Evan is Evan's a ripping worried, skater. Evan's worried that he's going to leave this podcast being a, a workwear skateboarder. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> too, <laughs> too late. Hey, you gotta you gotta protect that image. We'll we'll do everything we can to uh, make people aware that you're a, a, a pattern maker and a typewriter cloth extraordinaire. But making clothes in Evan California. does not make. Evan is not a skate brand, but he skates. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it definitely informs what you do very specifically. Yeah, I think how so. It, in it, the way that anything you did in your childhood or your life up until a certain you things change you. They give you a lens. They change your perception of how the world works and stuff, and, and how you interact with the world. And I think it'd be like absurd to act like skateboarding isn't a massive part of how I see things and how I operate. And even the fact that I like can start a company without being like thinking too far ahead about it and stuff. I think that a lot of that comes <laughs> from the, right, right, right. the independence. Just, the, when Noah asked me what like my five-year plan was and I was like, and he, and then I tried to explain it as eloquently as I could. And he yeah. basically was like, so your five-year plan is to figure it out in five years. Your five-year plan is to start by getting I think lunch. Ska- you know, at least it's very much street skateboarders. It's all about kind of like freestyle. You're out cruising. You're just like, you just go out and, and whatever happens, happens. Also ties back to the Grateful Dead. Evan skates new- like noodling. Evan yeah. skates like a maniac. The one time I visited San Francisco, I think on assignment that ended up being the GX 1000 piece we did, yep. the, the skate crew that we featured in GQ Style. But I ganged up with Evan and we went skating, and it was <laughs> nuts. He we just hit the streets, and he just takes off, and I just chased him around San Francisco for a day, almost. Like barely made it, barely survived. Very different that day. terrain than New York City. Super. Oh, I don't know hilly. much about skating, but I know that. Well, hilly, yeah. San Francisco but was rugged. I took him, we didn't I took bomb him downtown. Any, I took him to the safe okay. zone. We like his most familiar some, place. Some plazas. Yeah, we, we hit some plazas. We didn't hill bomb, but we yeah. we got around and we saw the legendary spots. And um, Evan did whoop my ass and skate because yeah. I was just like just off a flight. He did it again in Paris, <laughs> just off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> what my ass and skate again. So, so we're gonna play skate tonight, like and I'm gonna crush it. A conclusion is is developing here. But I wanted to. We we can pivot. But um, do you Sam skate Rick's, daily? I own a company, a small business, so I run by myself. I get to skate once a week. Once a week, really. I thought you were gonna say have I you skate seen, every day at lunch. Have you seen my studio? It's a mess. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't want to let this pod finish without talking about Evan's studio because it's at this point, you may and Noah and I have, upon visiting or whatever, being in San Francisco, you can go to Hayes Valley neighborhood. Right. Nice part of town. And uh, there's kind of a main drag where there are a lot of rad stores and a few fairly whack stores, but that's just the way the world works. Shout out to Reliquary. Shout out to Reliquary. The first store. Shout uh, out to help you me. ever buy any of my clothes. Wow. Help me start my company. Big shout out to Reliquary. Um, <laughs> Reliquary is really dope. They have an awesome mix of new clothes and vintage. Um, it is reason enough to go to Hayes Valley, but we're going to give you some other reasons. And great jewelry. Uh, the... Uh, Help me out with the sheep spot. Cotton sheep? Cotton sheep. That's where they got first, all the capital first, stuff. First place to sell capital in America. That Cotton sheep is, is in Hayes Valley. A lot Valley. of people have never heard of that place. And um, the dude who works there is is really cool. Mm. 
I don't know his name, but I like him. I like to talk to him. Um, they have they have really rad stuff from Japan. Rue, uh, his name is Rue. Rue, including a bunch of capital. He's a fellow tall guy. Yep, he's super tall. You guys probably talk about inseams. That's what I imagine. Yeah, you're like what <laughs> are you? inseams. You're like you're 38 and a quarter too. Inseam yeah. tall. Um, and then, but you kind of like go around a corner and inside this rad little I don't know what to call carriage it house? S- what carriage house. Carriage house. Like a garden house or a garage that turned into a shed. That's a shed. Of, it looks like a Louise. <laughs> a shed. It looks like a Louise Nevelson piece if you're familiar with her art, <laughs> where she just constructs stuff out of found Job wood and references. paints it white. Evan is in there. Running his business, cutting his patterns, sewing his samples, making his clothes, and you can walk in the front door and buy clothes. Say what's up, yeah, and cop. It's sick. It's a, it's actually like everything can happen in there. It's pretty cool in a tiny space. It's front. It doesn't go, feel tiny when you're in there, but it's very well. Lots of natural if you, light. If you, you, did you a if nice, you spend 363 days, it's <laughs> <laughs> it gets smaller. The walls are closing in. I'm just saying, if you're interested in clothes and how they're made, and people who care about what they do, and people who make stuff by hand, and people who like live, sleep, and breathe the stuff that they make and the stuff that they sew their name into, I would highly, highly, highly recommend a stop in Evan's studio slash store slash garden house with walls closing in in San Francisco, <laughs> California. EK, Hayes Valley neighborhood. EKHQ. Go. It's like a pilgrimage it's, to awesomeness. You said interesting stuff about making clothes in a place where people don't care about clothes. Uh, like San Francisco, a place built on- Throw the biggest shade on that. A, a, city, <laughs> a city built on- I have no, I'm going I'm to open this with A that. city built on countercultural I movements that's love sort of- San Francisco. I mean, um, you do choose to live there. I choose to live there. I moved there from the East Coast when I was 18. I've lived there 12 years. And I think that uh, geographically, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. And like you can, leave, you can leave the city and be 10 minutes out, and you're in like what looks like the Irish coast or something, rolling yeah. hills. And fantasy, it's all California fantasy. Brutal land. landscape. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was never known, obviously, as a fashion capital, but at least most of the roots of it was pretty counterculture and alternative and stuff. You have a yeah. lot of, like, definitely was some probably some sick kits happening in, like, 69. I bet there was yeah, some wild, sure. wild hand embroidery going yeah. on <laughs> yeah. and uh, some bell bottoms and stuff. And uh, the 60s are probably cool. The 70s were great. Uh, I think the 80s even probably had their thing. Even the 90s, in a weird way, they were probably, like, you know, Norm Cork. Is now the gap them Gen cool. X, uh, but like there's coming probably, up. home of the gap but yeah. something kind of you know there's a it's a really small city it's like a town it's like small in manhattan and uh you can ride your bike around the whole thing and so if a lot of people move in at once it can change the culture of a place i think you know so. yeah and there is some there is some um tech rooted like anti-fashion anti-style sentiment there's yeah there's a which thing is, of like, which we all know is if is itself a fashion or style pose it's something be, you know uh, but yeah. but that's in the mix there as well for so sure to be a there's designer a, in a place famous for like resisting style there's a lot of crowdsourced uh companies and then there's also <laughs> yeah. which is like we're gonna cut out the middleman it's like all right, okay. And then there's also, <laughs> there's, 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 there's also, I'm going to go in on this one. Uh, there's also this thing where young guys and, and, and gals who move there who 
probably make more than I'll ever make in my life in the first year yeah. uh, at the age of like 23, 24, straight out of college. Decided to wear the free company T-shirt. Yeah, which that one just that one I can't. I yeah. like everything else. I'm fine. And I like, this is not cool merch. That, let's what, be clear. No, no. But 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 even you know San Francisco. At least the roots of it. If it's not fashion, at least it had like this alternative approach. So it's like eco, eco, whatever. Like it's organic cotton. There should be like some kind of movements that happen there. Yeah. In in like biodegradable plates and everything like that should be like that should be the forefront of this well, stuff dude, in America. All birds. But okay. <laughs> okay. But, okay but like you have companies you know the companies move there so they don't care about what the roots of the, or the culture of this place was they're just coming there because now it's like you, you get the best tech talent to move there because it's like a little college campus that's where you go to achieve scale <laughs> but so they're wearing like yeah they're wearing like a free it's like a free gildan with like which shout out to gildan for no johnson i know he loves those but i like, like, those I like gildan too, but like yeah. good tees. a blank gildan or something or like an old gildan but like the new company brand new paint just like screen yesterday <laughs> yeah. Gildan yeah. that just it's just weird I don't know it's like think what are you doing yeah. They already pay you. You don't have to advertise for them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm not a billboard. But other than I mean this is one aspect of it but I thought also that you were like you channel some unique oh. creativity from yeah. this. You want town. me to go positive? You, yeah, you I thought we could go, go in a positive direction. <laughs> right. Oh, With, okay. Uh, I can't think of too many others. Okay, like, okay, okay, you know, okay. There aren't a lot I, of I guess, labels I, and designers in SF. Let me like, reel it back. Let me reel it back. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's cool to. Yeah, I think definitely it's a huge influence on me being uh, so far and disconnected from trends in fashion and also just like anything it's all like a faraway bubble that basically i see twice a year by going to paris or if i visit here i see it but other than that i just work in my bubble uh, people like there's zero context not zero but there's a very small amount of context to what i do when i'm working at home basically like a guy might walk in and be like from a neighborhood and like look at the shirt and just be completely confused and turned off or another guy might discover it and then be like super hyped but for completely pure reasons like he just actually liked that shirt right. he has no idea about what I'm influenced by or what he's no, he doesn't anything. listen to the pod D- this guy he, doesn't, <laughs> he might not know what a podcast is <laughs> he doesn't know that you're actually, launching but he actually, a dope field I, shirt when he sees but it but I actually had a sick customer that reflects that it was like a six year old guy walked in he told me he was in high tech which is actually like making uh, whatever components and stuff like that yeah and he came in, he looked like, it was one step away from a Tommy Bahama shirt. So I was like, this guy found the wrong address. And he <laughs> walks in, he's like 65 years old, old, not old, that's not that old, but you know, yeah. whatever. I'm not expecting Mature. Him. I'm not mature. expecting him. <laughs> Grown not, up. He he's walks mature. in, the door is cracked open and I'm just blasting reggae. And the, the speaker is literally next to the handle. So if you yeah. open the door, you hit a, a wave of sound that could yeah. knock out someone <laughs> feeling a little feeble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> such, such as a 65-year-old man. man on deathbed um, and so <laughs> he, he uh, shout out to youth um, yeah. he uh, he he starts talking he's like and then he kind of I couldn't really hear him because the music's so loud and then it's clear that he has read the article thanks to you guys shout out oh, to GQ up? Style and he was like you're one of is Evan Kenora or something and I was like what and he was like you're one of the uh, top designers in America I heard Sam, drop that <laughs> fucking ball. Oh, what's up? I was like, well, I was like, uh, you said it. I was like, continue. And then he came you were in. Like, Would you like some blue tea? He like loved every. He was like super hyped, but it came from a really pure place. You know, it's like he a just guy that it. he just if he's looking at clothes and he likes them, he has no other reason to say he likes it unless he just wants to wear it and it feels good on him. And he, this is like right as I'm shipping fall winter, so I have boxes of product overflowing all over the place that needs to like go through my hands before I ship it to the stores. And so he's like 
a little bit no holds barred. He's like digging through boxes. I'm like, all right, relax. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. He's like pulling up her Italian sweaters out the bag and stuff, like mixing up all my sizing and stuff. And then, <laughs> now he, but he, and he's like, you know, you really, I hope you don't get mad at me, but this really reminds me of like Margaret Howe and Dries Van Noten. And I was like, Damn. Tommy Bahama just told me. <laughs> <laughs> I remind him of Dries Van Noten and uh, Margaret Howe. So I was like, Tommy, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> Dig through whatever bag you want. And uh, he copped. That's a hard. He did cop. Let's say he copped. That's nice. In a big way. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out Tommy he, he Bahama. Paid he paid rent that week. Sweet. <laughs> What's up? Maybe he's a huge Tyler the Creator fan. That's I think, what that, I think that's in. what it was. That's what brought him yeah. in. That's what, yeah, that's what he told me. Actually. Loves TTC. Saw the new issue of GQ Style. Saw the label on Firepiece. Turn, turned all the size stacked boxes inside out and copped in a big way. Everybody got the wrong order. <laughs> every store, Whatever. every store called me next week. Um, but yeah, it's cool to be in San Francisco. I think doing it and and being, uh, you know, it's just you get to be kind of a, do. It's just very you get to be completely away from the whole thing and get to be think clearly and, and be like a little bit uninfluenced by what's going on and just do your own thing. Well, you're here in New York now, and your shit just launched at Dover Street Market. That's some fashiony That's fashion. A big shout out, to fashion. Eerie, eerie Wakayama. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Eerie's I, a friend of the pod too. She's sick. I, uh, That's a hell of a place to be selling your garments. Yes, very, very pleased, very yeah. honored. You gotta thrilled. go. Evan's gotta go give a big, big presentation to the whole staff tomorrow. He's a little nervous. Pretty frightened. <laughs> uh, someone told me first I heard it was six people and then we actually talked to a former employee uh, last night on the phone and he was like it's cool it's just gonna be like 46 people like the whole building comes you're gonna kill it <laughs> you got this dude you're the guy that it. like takes out the trash is gonna be like who the fuck why is this guy talking Evan I for one like everything about everything that you do but no- nothing do I like more than putting on a bunch of your clothes in the morning and walking out the door yeah, that is good. That is the like the scent coming to your studio is cool. Hanging out in Paris is cool. The, the fact that the tea right. goes from yellow to blue is cool. The fact <laughs> that it smells good is cool. Next season, the fact that the fact that every blue time I yellow. come see you, you do something different and it expands what I what I what I think how I think of what you do. That's really cool. But nothing beats putting on your shit in the morning and walking out the Strong door. Strong agree. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you have to go, so we're gonna vibe without you. Thanks Damn. for coming. No, I should feel like I should kick do off you, the vibe. Do you want a speed vibe? And you know oh, he's got oh. good vibes. We've we never done s- this. We've never done this. Just lay out as many vibes as you want and then leave and we'll bring it home. Uh, one, San Francisco, thank you for being like 50 to 65 degrees all year so I could put on a hoodie and a wool jacket any day I want. All right. And not show up to appointments like That's today. That's true. With a you can sweat, always wear wool. Sweaty ass pants and shirt. I'm jealous yeah. of that. Um, Next. Pregnant <laughs> Next. pause. Shout out to doing your own, your th- uh, a vibe of doing your things your own way, completely. Completely reinventing how you see uh, society and how you operate. Yesterday, me and Noah had a great experience with somebody who totally invented their, how they want to operate, and uh, they have a small business as well. That, that is like a um, new, that, that's in the new vibe hall of fame. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Doing things exactly how you want to do them, completely yourself, completely your own way, from top to bottom, side to side. I think that's a big one. Back over and, and around and through the woods. Smashing uh, preconceived notions. I think that's, and accepting that's the biggest vibe. whatever comes with it. Smashing pre- this yeah. is a new yeah, vibe. Which, Maybe the one which, I leave with. By the way, doing things that yeah. way sometimes, or actually on a daily basis, involves like eating shit. Yeah. Does it not? Sure. 
course. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, Mark Anthony Green came to my office the other day, and we were talking about something that hadn't worked out. And he was like, "Sorry, it was a work thing that hadn't worked out." And he was like, "Sorry, bro." And I was like, "It's okay, dude. I eat shit every day." <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's yeah. super true. Yeah. Because we're doing stuff we believe in, and we're aiming high, and like yeah, sometimes sometimes we shoot the moon, and other times we eat motherfucking shit. But uh, yeah, I think that's it's part of it, and it's like you have a. Especially if it's coming from a personal place, I think nothing can pretty much phase you. Yeah. It doesn't really matter like how much shit you have to eat because you know like you're not even looking at the shit you're eating. You're like you're eating it, but you're looking at the what's next the goal. Yeah. Where you're getting to. Do you want to end on that Hall of Fame vibe, or do you like and just destroy? <laughs> One no- more vibe. One more. Yeah. yeah. Ankles. Show your ankles. No, there oh! we go. <laughs> Controversial. Show your ankles, uh, especially if you have contrast socks. Not, not crazy pattern socks, but just, you know, white, gray. Contrast but socks. definitely socks. White socks, black shoes. I like socks. Show, I mean, no, show. No, no, no socks is cool. I back, yeah. I back no socks. I back no socks with some leather shoes. He pointed on. at Sam Hine when he said I he back did. no socks. He pointed across the room at Sam Hine's bare ankles. Also, the... Yeah, okay. I was going to throw shade on wearing sneakers and throw the vibe, the vibe that everyone should have at least one pair of just simple black Oxford shoes. We it's strong vibe. Every turn, man, every man. To, okay, I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> what did you say? Every man should. Have, what did I turn you on to? We were just looking at um, Oxford shoes. There was a there was a really specific pair. I have it in my notes in my phone. That I told you about. That, yeah, you had them on display oh, under one yeah. of your forms. I don't know if I should big them up because they don't pay me. Yeah, but yeah, those are beautiful. Those yeah. are some handmade. Very simple. Simple as can be. Just simple, simple Oxford shoes for every man. Yeah. Um, Evan, good luck with all the shit that you have going on this week. Thank you, guys. I'll see you tonight at the skate field. <laughs> the skate the field. On the skate course. Sod yeah. on, the, on the mean Boxing sod of glo- Greenpoint. Gloves. Ding, ding, ding. No, knock them dead, dude. Thank you. Thank, Thank you guys very much. Thanks for being a friend of the pod, man. Anytime. I feel like that's. I feel like Evan's Should just, just knocked the it? vibe. Yeah, it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. Thirteen vibes, Evan Canori. See you at episode forty. We'll see you next time we record a podcast. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>